0: Welcome to today's message from Transformation Church with Pastor Jim Balzano. As you know, we have been doing, uh, started last week with 10 other churches in the city. We have been uh, promoting a sermon series that is entitled Joy in the City. And last week we spoke about the whole theme of that coming from Acts chapter 8 and the principles that would be applied in order to See joy in the city, and obviously that came from when Philip went down to Samaria, and the Bible says that because of what he did, there was great joy in the city. And so um, each week has a different theme. This week, the theme is prayer. Uh, So I want to talk to you for a few moments about prayer this morning and connecting it to joy in the city. And so some of the questions right off the bat would be, does prayer lead to joy in the city? I would say yes. Can prayer, lead, can prayer lead to joy in the city? How does prayer lead to joy? Well, we're going to jump into it. We're going to begin with a very familiar passage of Scripture. Many people know Jeremiah chapter 29 from particularly verse 11 that says what? For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for welfare and not for calamity. To give you a future and a hope. How many like that scripture? Right? How many know that scripture was given in a letter to a group of exiles who were taken away from their homeland, taken away from Jerusalem, put into captivity in Babylon, and Jeremiah the prophet was writing a letter of promise and a letter of prophecy to them and this was one of the things he said. He was reminding them, don't worry. God has a plan for you. How many know this morning, I want you to know that even if you find yourself in the hardest of hard places, God still has a plan for you. Amen? All right? And he says, I have a plan for you. And it's, uh, that plan is to bless you. That plan is for your shalom, the Bible says. That plan is not for calamity. Man, I don't know about you, but those are just good words. But I want to take you to another section of that chapter just prior to those, that verse. And this is what it says. Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, to all the exiles whom I have sent into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. Here's what he, here's what he told that group of exiles to do. Build houses and live in them. Plant gardens and eat their produce. Take wives and become the fathers of sons and daughters. And take wives for your sons, and give your daughters to husbands, that they may bear sons and daughters, and multiply there, and do not decrease. Let me stop there for a moment. I, I'm, I, I'm going to say a few words that have nothing to do with what I'm going to preach. But I want to say this to you. How many know that there's a time and a place where you might be, find yourself in a place you don't want to be, in a place that is negative, in a place where it's hard and it's difficult? But how many know God can cause you to multiply even in that place? God can cause you to multiply even in difficult places. All right? And he says this. He says, and seek the welfare, and the word there is shalom. Seek the shalom, the welfare of the city where I have sent you into exile, and pray to the Lord on its behalf. For in its welfare you will have welfare. For in its shalom you shall have shalom. So let me set this up again. So Jeremiah, under the direction of the Lord, is sending a letter to a group of people who are exiled from their city, living in a city called Babylon, in a place called Babylon. And he tells them, build houses and live in them, plant gardens. Maybe they could plant some perennials. All right, plant gardens, eat produce, take wives, have sons and daughters. Get wives for your sons and daughters and multiply there and don't decrease. Then he says, and by the way, while you're there, you pray for the peace or the shalom of that city. Hmm, I don't know about you, but if I'm living in a city that is owned by the guy who destroyed my city and destroyed my people and killed my relatives, and took me captive, I'm going to pray for you, all right. And that prayer is, God, kill him. Pray, I'm going to pray. I pray God strikes you dead, gets rid of you, and I'm out of here. But God says, you pray for the shalom of that city. Hmm. You pray to me on behalf of that city. That word shalom, there's not an English word, that can adequately describe the word shalom, all right? But what it means is completeness. It means soundness. It means safety, it means peace. It means covenant, it comes from covenant relationship, all right, this word is is actually an amazing, amazing word. And God says you pray for that. In prayer, let me tell you what that word prayer there means. It means to intervene, or it means to interpose, to mediate, okay? All right, now let me say one more, behalf. I'm gonna give you three words and we're gonna set this up. So he says, by the way, while you're there, you pray for the shalom, the completeness of that city. You intervene and on behalf means what? It obviously means for um, praying for someone, all right? Now, let's think about this for a moment. So God has a group of people belonging to him who are living in a land, not their home. Living as aliens in a foreign land. God's people, but living in a culture that's not theirs. And what does God tell them to do? Pray for the city. Pray to the Lord for it. Intervene for it. He's saying, I want you to intervene in the affairs of the city through prayer. I want you to intervene on behalf of the city. I want you to mediate on behalf of this city. Intervene, so it's blessed. Intervene, so it is in shalom, all right? Intervene, so that if it goes well with the city, it goes well with you, all right? Now, let me remind you, now I'm gonna remind you of some things. So God is saying this, he gives them a command. Now let me remind you for just a moment who these people were. We know them as Israel, right? We know them as the Jewish people, right? But let me remind you who God said they were. Bring up, uh, okay, where's my clicker? I don't have my clicker. Troy, go get my clicker. Ha ha ha. Yeah, baby. I forgot it this morning. I got it. Here we go. How many of you know that is a good man? Hmm? He has worked with me long enough to know the absent-minded moron forgot the clicker. But I got it. Well, watch this. He said, and you shall be to me. This is Exodus chapter 19 when God brought the people of God out of Egypt. And he said to them, this is who you are. This is what you're going to be. You shall be a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. And these are the words that you shall speak to the sons of Israel. So okay, so set this up. So God says to a nation of his priests, listen to me, his priests living in a land not their own, not their home, to seek and pray, to operate as priests in Babylon, praying for the shalom of that city. Let me show you now, let me transition to the New Testament. All right? Revelation chapter 1, verse 6 says this, and you've heard me speak about this a lot. And he, meaning Christ, has made us to be a kingdom, priest to his God and Father. To him be the glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Let me give you another one. And this is Revelation 5.10, which is one of my favorite passages of all Scripture. You have made them to be a kingdom and priest to our God, and they will reign upon the earth. You see, the Bible tells me very clearly in the New Testament that the blood of Jesus, whenever he went to the cross and his blood was shed for you and I, that yes, we entered into salvation when we put our faith in that, but how many know there's also a transition where we go from an unbeliever to a believer, and we go, and now we are now kings and priests of God. All right, we've got to believe that. I'll show you why it's really important. Now watch this. So here we are. So I would suggest to you, based upon this scripture, let me give you one more scripture first. Then we have this. For our citizenship is in heaven, from which also we eagerly await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. I would suggest to you this morning that looking at the Old Testament and looking at what Jesus did in the New Testament, that we believers are priests of God, living in a land, not our home, but we are called to seek and pray for the shalom of the city in which we find ourselves. Does anybody believe that? You you see, and and I want to talk about this this morning because we've got to understand We were not just saved so we can get to heaven. We were saved and we were given a calling and a mandate was put upon our life and we've been given titles that goes with that. And so we've got to understand that. So now, the question I want to pose to you is how are we doing as his priest in terms of praying for and seeking the shalom of the city in which we live? And can we do that? And How do we do that? And how does it tie into prayer? It ties everything to do with prayer. All right, so I'm gonna take us on a little bit of a journey because we are people living not in our home. We are people who are called by God to intervene for the city in which we live. We are people who are called to serve as priests and mediate on behalf of the city in which we live. We pray for its shalom, which the Bible, which actually one rabbi described this way, no good thing withheld. Come on, how many of you, if you had the capacity would not hold, withhold one good thing from your child? No. Okay, all right. Some of you are just like, okay, I know how to get to you. How many of you, if it was in your capacity, would not withhold one good thing from your grandchild? <laughs> yeah, it just, I, I, what, can, I, can I just remind you, we were your kid first. Right, Tony? See, I told Carson last night, last night I was sitting in, and we were sitting on the couch and it was me and Owen and Liam and Carson. So I said to Carson, I said, listen, you just remind those two. This was your spot first. This, is, this was your spot first. To which Tony looked, <clears throat> excuse me. <laughs> it was my place first. <laughs> you see, well, of course not. So we're praying that not one good thing will be withheld from the city. And so I want to talk to you this morning, I'll try to be quick, (laughs) all right, because I know you have Mother's Day plans and all that stuff, but what is, how do, how does joy in the city come through prayer? And so I'll take you on this journey, and here we go. All right, first of all, let me show you this. Joy in the city through prayer is prayer that flows from our priestly identity, Listen to me this morning. We have got to understand who we are and who we've been called to be. Thank God we're a child of God. Thank God we're believers. Thank God we're all. But let me tell you something, ladies and gentlemen. We are priests of God Most High. That his blood was shed, but it wasn't just shed in order to purchase me to heaven. It was to purchase me with a price so that I would live with a calling and a mandate upon this world so I could intervene between God and humanity i got a calling on my life. And if you don't pray from a, this identity as a priest, you're gonna pray all the time more as a pauper. You're gonna pray more as somebody who's always trying to get something from God. And, and let, me, let, me, let me just show you this. So, so we must pray from the priestly office that has been conferred upon us at Calvary. The Bible says clearly we're priests. The priests of God were there to perform the will of God, right? Let's think about this for a moment. Now listen, I'm not God. Everybody say amen. Best amen you had all morning. I'm not Jesus, but I am one of his priests in his image. You are one of his priests in his image. You, you see, I am one who is called to invoke his blessing. By the blessing of the righteous, a city is exalted. Come on, church. Are we not called to invoke the blessings of God? If not, let's just pack up and go home. I'm called to speak blessing. I'm called to do that. There's a difference between coming to God in prayer and representing him in prayer. Right? Look at this. There's a difference in coming to him in prayer and representing him in prayer. How many of you this morning did I come to him in prayer? Amen? How many of you can come to the Father in prayer? You come in the name of Jesus. But listen to me for a moment. How many of you, can I suggest to you this morning that there are times that we go and we pray and our prayer is not coming to him, but rather it's representing him. When Peter and John went to the temple and they healed the beggar, did they go to him or did they absolutely represent him in prayer? They represented him in prayer. In the name of Jesus, stand up and walk. In the name of Jesus, stand up and walk. You see, sometimes, okay, I'm gonna really get in trouble today. Because sometimes I think we waste our time trying to go to the Father when the Father's saying, go pray. Go pray in my name. Why are you back here? Some of you are like, oh, no, this is, not, this is just not right, Pastor. I'm not denigrating our presence in God's presence. What I'm saying is that he's given us authority. The Bible says he's given us authority to go with that authority. And I mean, there's times that we pray over a person, and it's not going back to the Father. The prayer is going to the Father, but we're not going back. It's us operating in that authority. All right, so, so we need to understand it, but that happens as a priest. See, when we pray in the name of Jesus, we are representing him. When I send, an, well, I don't send, whenever the president sends an ambassador to another nation, whose name is he going in? The president's name, the country's name. He's going there, he's representing. Do you understand that you are a priest to God, and as a priest to God, you are representing him, and you represent him at times in prayer, and through prayer to a city? That when you're in in your place of work, and that person is going through whatever they're going through, and you're saying, you know what, let's pray. Let's pray. I'm going to pray for you right now. I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to represent Jesus to you. (laughs) I know it's a stretch, you probably think, right? Listen, the nature, listen to me, the nature of the prayers of the apostles prior to Calvary and post-resurrection were different. Now I'm not gonna have a lot of time taking into all that. They operated differently. Let me ask you this question. You know, when I think about this this morning, as a, priest of, as a priest of God, I'm bringing my city to him. I'm intervening for my city, and I'm bringing my city to Him in prayer, Father, bless my city. Father, bring injustice to a stop in my city. Father, don't withhold any good thing from my city. But how many? See, some of you are saying, "Well, passion. It's not about the city. I don't really care." Excuse me. The city is made up of people in which you are part of. Right. Right. I'm not praying for a legal organization. I'm not praying for some kind of uh, governmental entity. We're talking about the people who make up the city. Father, bring your blessing, bring your completeness, bring your soundness, bring your shalom. But as a priest of God, I bring my God, I bring my God to my city through prayer. Do you believe that you can pray the blessings of God upon your city? If you don't, why? If you don't believe it for your city, how are you gonna believe it for yourself? Think about it for a moment. You see, are are you a priest? Then pray like a priest and invoke God's blessing on a city. Then pray like a priest and and intervene for your city. Speak his words, pray his words. Because join the city through prayer is prayer that comes from our identity. I challenge you, if nothing else today, to begin to see yourself as a priest of God. As a priest of God. And I dropped all my notes. Let me tell you about this. Join the city through prayer. Is prayer that is aligned with the heart of God. How many know the sons of thunder one day prayed, basically inquired of Jesus. A prayer that was not aligned with his heart. Remember they said there was a city in Samaria that rejected him. And what did they came, Lord, yeah, you want us to call down thunder and destroy them? Let's call down some thunder and lightning and wipe them out. How many of you ever prayed a prayer like that? You all lying. <laughs> that, that there's been times in your life where you have prayed a prayer that did not align with it. And they were praying a prayer that did not align with the heart of God. You see, uh, let me say this to start with prayer is not getting God to do something he doesn't want to do. Let me know God wants to bless. Let me get my crowbar out. I gotta get God to bless me today. Right? That's not what it is. You're not not trying to convince him. When you're praying for the shalom of the city, you are not praying for something that God doesn't want to do. God wants to bless it. God wants it to be complete. God wants it to be sound. That's God's will. And we must align ourselves with the heart of the Father. If your prayer is not aligned with the heart of the Father, then you are praying ineffective prayer. It's amazing to me how many people I meet that profess to be Christians and believers on this hand and curse the very land God's planted them on this hand. They curse it. Well, you know, there's nothing ever good ever gonna happen there. Oh, you know, those people there and all those government people. I don't know. Sound like Charlie Brown's teacher. Wow, 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 wah, wah, It's time that we start praying for the city with a heart that's aligned with God's heart. Because you'll never speak the words of God without having the heart of God. You, you see, you've you got to understand something. It's, it's amazing to me that sometimes we're thinking we're getting God to do something he doesn't want to do. But listen to me, because here's what happens. When we pray aligned with God's heart, It brings joy in the city because God wants there to be joy in the city. God desires for it. I mean, God actually desires some joy in some of you this morning. You might actually smile. Y'all looking grouchy. Except the moms who got a flower. So men, y'all look grouchy. Say, how do I align my prayer? But how do I make sure my prayer is aligned with the heart of God? Well, let me give you one. How many know the Word of God will align your prayers with the heart of God? Listen to me. Sometimes we pray from, how many? Have you ever prayed from your emotions and it wasn't the Word of God? I have. How many know that if you can get into the Word of God, and you can begin to pray the Word of God, and if you pray the Word of God, it's aligning your heart with God's heart. Hello. It makes perfect sense, does it not? And yet the fact of the matter is, the reason we can't pray in alignment with God's word is because many of us have no clue what the word says. Okay, I'll move on. Let me me show you an illustration. Can I show you an illustration of that? Thank you. Here's a scripture out of Daniel, chapter nine. Daniel was a captive in Babylon, all right, under Nebuchadnezzar. Here's what it says. In the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, observed in the books the number of years which was revealed as the word of the Lord to Jeremiah the prophet. So he's basically sitting there reading the book of Jeremiah. All right, from the completion of the desolation of Jerusalem, namely 70 years. Now watch this. So here's what he found out. He was reading the book of Jeremiah and found out they were only to be exiled for 70 years. What did he do after reading the word of God? Then I gave my attention to the Lord God to seek him by prayer and supplication with fasting, sackcloth, and ashes. The prayers of Daniel, the heart of Daniel, got an alignment with God because of the word of God. He says, what? We're only supposed to be here 70 years? Hey, God, guess what? This baby's about over. You know you can pray in alignment with God and your heart can be aligned if you get into the scripture? Okay, let me move on. The spirit of God... Will align you, line your prayers with the heart of God. Aren't you glad you have the Spirit of God who dwells within you? Has the Spirit of God ever arrested you? Has the Spirit of God ever convicted you? Anybody ever been convicted by the Spirit of God that had to change the way you thought? And once you began to change the way you thought, it began to change the way you prayed. How many of you might have ever not liked somebody? <laughs> the middle section is the righteous section. The, 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 the fringes, you heathens, we all know what it is to not like somebody. I told this story not too long ago, down on a Wednesday night. I'll share it with you here. When I was in Bible school, on the last chapel service before going home for a break, they did this thing, this one year, that everybody would go up through the front of the church, pick out a name out of a basket, and while you were on break, you were supposed to pray for that person. I'm sitting in the back, because I'm one of the chapel leaders. Because when you get to be a leader, you move to the back the way it was then. (laughs) Okay? And I'm sitting there going, oh, great. I looked at my friend. I said, great. He said, what? I said, I know whose name I'm getting. He said, "Whose?" I told him. He said, no. I said, oh, yeah. I'm getting it. I hate him. I didn't really hate him. I didn't like him. He says, no. I said, yeah. Okay, let well, everybody go. Everybody files out. I go up. Yep, sure enough, guess whose name I got. That's it. I got his name, and I had to pray for him a whole stinking break. And you know what? It changes your heart. It changes your heart. Because you cannot pray for somebody and legitimately pray for them and authentically pray for them. And your heart stay the way that it is. I believe Jesus tells us to pray for our enemies so that it changes our hearts. Okay? And and so I'm saying to you that it's the Spirit of God that directs us sometimes. That changes us to get us to pray into the alignment. Okay? With God's heart. Um, Let me give you another one. Join a city through prayer is prayer that invokes his blessing and his strategy. All right? How many believe God has a plan for his cities? You guys just aren't going to give me anything this morning, are you? I'm done asking you questions. I'm done. I'm mad. If you don't believe, if you don't, how can you not believe that? And if he does, I'm not asking you. Forget it, I'm done asking. And if he does, then he's bringing it through you. He's bringing it through me. He's bringing it through people. God had a plan for a city called Samaria, and that plan in the city of Samaria was gonna be happening through a man named Philip who would go there and have the audacity to serve as a priest to God that brought joy to a city. All right, listen to me for a moment. You you see, this whole thing is, is about us praying and we invoke God's blessing and we all want God's blessing, right? We all want to be blessed by God. And we all want to be his priests to speak those blessings and confer them. But we must, in prayer, receive the strategy of God. The book of Acts is full of that, where men and women prayed, and God would say, here's what I want you to do. And they would begin to operate from that premise. All right, think about this for just a moment. In prayer, we invoke his blessing. In prayer, we invoke blessing his instruction. Listen to a couple verses out of the book of Acts. Acts chapter one, verse 24. And they prayed and said, you Lord know the hearts of all men. Show us which one of these two you've chosen. We need your direction. We need your insight. We need your understanding. Every time we pray for the offering, nine times out of 10, I pray and I ask God to give us wisdom and insight on how to use it. They're not just words. We need that. And in Acts chapter nine, remember in Acts chapter nine? The apostle, Paul, who was then Saul, he gets saved. Ananias is a disciple who is in prayer, and God says, I want you to go to the straight street. I want you to go to Saul, and I want you to pray for him. How many know he's like, no, 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 no. That guy kills people. How many know if you don't hear it in prayer, you're not gonna go pray for Saul, right? And Peter, Peter's on a roof in Joppa. He's, what's he doing on the roof in Joppa? He's praying. And when he's praying, God gives him a vision. And he gives him understanding that when these men come, you go to the house of that Gentile. All right? we got to understand something this morning. That in prayer, we are invoking his instruction. We We don't pray just to please God by our prayer. We pray so that we please God by our actions that result from prayer. What good is it if I only pray, but I never act? What, and listen to me, and, and the context of this message is remembering how do you and I pray that brings joy to the city? I'm not talking about every facet of prayer. I'm talking about joy in the city that comes through prayer. If we're going to pray joy in the city, how many know that God might just want to do it through us? And we've got to receive his instruction as well as invoke his blessing. You see, prayer that results in Holy Spirit's strategy brings joy in the city. Do you believe that the Holy Spirit still gives instruction? Do you believe he still gives strategy? Do you believe he can give you a strategy for your business? Do you believe he can give you strategy for your family? Do you believe he can give you a strategy for your church? Do you believe he can give strategy for a city? If you don't believe it, you haven't read the Bible. Guy named Joseph come to mind? We you know, Joseph did a pretty good job saving Egypt, whereby he saved Israel. Hmm? Some guys named Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego come to mind. guy like Daniel comes to mind. How many know that they were, by God, serving the city in which they were in, which what? It was good for them. Jesus said what? When you pray, pray, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. May your name be hallowed. Then he said what? Your kingdom come. (laughs) If his kingdom comes upon a city, how many know Shalom's coming upon a city? Completeness is coming upon a city. But here's here's the problem. We can't pray your kingdom come unless we're willing to be vessels through whom his kingdom comes. There's got to be, there's got to be somewhere in this give and take. I'm mediating to God. God is mediating through me. I'm one of his priests serving him. I'm praying for and seeking the shalom of the city. And now God says, here, let me give you instruction. Let me give you insight. Let me give you a strategy. Let me give you wisdom. If I don't want that part, what am I doing praying? This is what we do. Lord, your kingdom come, but not through me, through somebody else. I don't want to be that vessel, God. Your kingdom come. But it has to be through who? Us. Join the city. Last point. Is prayer that through prayer is prayer that is unified prayer. Unified. If you learn anything from the book of Acts, you see a people who walked in unity, right? You see a people who were one heart, the Bible says, one mind. And they were unified. Let me give you a scripture that Jesus said once. How many How many know Jesus might be a good example, like like a good source? You know, this this Jesus guy, he kind of like knew a little bit about this. That's what he says. Again, I say to you that if two of you agree on earth about anything that they ask, it shall be done for them by my Father in heaven. Whoa, does anybody see the power of agreement? Does anybody see the power of agreement? Does anybody know what came after this? Does anybody, it's, it's a real question. Does anybody know what Jesus talked about next? Okay, oh good, I'll tell you. He talks about forgiveness. Because how many know, the thing, the, one of the most detrimental things about unforgiveness is it breaks the power of agreement. And when the body of Christ walks in unforgiveness and the body of Christ won't forgive each other and the body of Christ holds grudges and the body of Christ has schisms and the body of Christ has division, it's walking in a spirit of unforgiveness and it breaks the power of agreement and then we wonder why we weren't more effective. Come on. There's no accident Jesus talked about that next. You see, unified prayer is powerful. Unified prayer brings blessing. You see, and the trick about it is, unified prayer is my heart united with God's heart and united with your heart. One heart, one mind. Because how many know if you get to three of those in agreement, nothing's impossible. Nothing. Unified prayer is prayer that seeks the same thing. Unified prayer seeks my blessing and your blessing. I want you to be blessed. I want this city to be blessed. Unified prayer is, is not always agreeing on everything, right? It's unified. Many people think unity in prayer is just the prayer gathering that we have. Prayer gathering is important. But let me say it this way. Unified prayer is not just based on the location of my body. It's based upon the location of my heart. I can be one heart with you and not in the same building with you. I can be one heart with you and not in the same church with you. I can be one heart with you and pray in one heart with you and not be physically with you. Because it's my heart that is knit together with your heart. It's my heart that's knit together with God's heart. And from that comes this place of agreement where Jesus says, ask anything. Do you? I'm going to tell you something. There is blessing in and coming to this city because there are churches and pastors and believers who said we're going to walk in agreement and we're going to walk in unity and out of that unity is going to be unified prayer that is going to bring the blessing of God according to what the psalmist said. (laughs) Join the city. Absolutely. Absolutely. Unified prayer isn't, is not agreement on all things. It's agreement on the main thing. I don't agree with some of my brothers on everything. And they certainly don't agree with me on everything. It's okay, they can be wrong. How, how, many, how, how many of you agree with your wife or your husband on everything? Well, I've got a couple of hands. Listen, Chowdhury, your dementia is showing. Like come on, we don't. Penny and I don't agree on everything, but we're unity. We're unified. I mean, we got a house where, as Carson said, four parents live and three kids and two dogs. How many know everybody doesn't agree in that house, right? But we're all in unity. In this house here, we don't agree on everything, but we're in unity. We don't fight. I say that all the time. We don't fight. And we ain't never gonna fight. We're the body of Christ. We're the body of Christ. We hold to a higher standard than the world. We're the body. Let me say it again. We are the body of Christ. Uh, uh, come on, Troy. I used to be presbyter in our section. Yeah. there were 27 churches in our section at that time. And I'd have to sometimes go to church meetings, hold, handle some difficult things and handled stuff. that was just, ugh. So I'd go there and I'd introduce who I was and I'd say, okay, now here's, I'd give him a standard speech. Here's the deal. Now tonight, we will operate in this be- meeting according to Robert's Rules of Order to the best of my ability. I am no great parliamentarian. And so we will do it to the best of my ability. However, we hold to a higher standard than Robert's Rules of Order. We're the people of God. We're the body of Christ. And you may stand up and you may be well within your Robert's Rules of Order. You may be well within your parliamentarian rights. If you are mean-spirited and you are divisive, I will ask you to sit down until you can get your spirit right. Because we're the body of Christ and we have a higher standard. How? Okay, now I'm, I'm going down this road, but here I go. You're supposed to stop me. I don't get it. Why in the world and who do you think you are that you would hate another quote member of the body of Christ? Come on man. Come on. Where does that come from? That's not biblical. It's not godly. I'll tell you where it comes from. James tells us all about it. It comes from your own evil desires. Because something didn't go your way you didn't get something you wanted and you got ticked off and now you're walking in sin and thinking God's gonna bless it. He can't. It's an abomination. Where did would you supposed to stop me? Not let me look I said all that stuff. Shark. <laughs> There's blood in the water <laughs> I'm such a freak. Join the city is more than a catchy phrase. It is a kingdom reality. It might sound good, and I love it. We had it for years as our mission statement. But it's more than a catchy phrase. It is a kingdom of God reality that comes about by godly people and kingdom people. Join the city is a kingdom reality when His kings and His priests will pray in a manner That brings joy to the city. And what does that manner look like? And I'm getting ready to quit. What does it look like? It means that it is, it is prayer. It is prayer that comes from our priestly office. We know who we are. We are priests of God to bring the city and bring his people to him. That we are people who are to pray with our hearts in alignment with God, in alignment with each other. We are people who are to pray, to pray. In unity, unified prayer, and I promise you, if God's people can get it, I promise you that there will be joined a city through prayer. You see, some of you, I'm gonna ask you to stand now. Some of you are saying, Pastor, we, we we you forgot to do the prayer thing today for the city on the bulletin, which is quite possible. That pastor, you, you forgot to, you forgot the prayer focus for the day. We're supposed to pray for a school of the week and a church of the week and a business of the week and a leader of the week. No, I didn't. No, I didn't. Because now we're going to pray for it. Listen to me. Hold your place for a moment. You'll be, if the Baptist mothers get to the bar before you, it'll be all right. Because we're going to pray. Peter's coming. he's going to lead us in prayer for this city this is not just something we do it is something we believe it is something who we are peter come lead us in prayer come on folks let's pray
1: so father we bless the city come on let's just bless the city come on put some words in your mouth and say lord i bless this city i bless this community i bless this community of cities Lord, we, we, we say by the blessing of the upright, the city is exalted. We bless the city and Lord, we bless the, the, the various neighborhoods and the communities of this city. We bless the business community. We bless the, the governmental leaders. We bless the school system. We bless all kinds of, of, of entities in this city. We bless this city. And Lord, we do pray for the Central Cambria County Schools. We ask that your hand be upon them. Continue to bless them. Continue to pour out your spirit upon them. Continue to do for them what only you can do. Lord, we pray for them as if we were ourselves there and wishing somebody would pray for us. And so we pray for them now. Lord, we pray for the Christian Counseling Associates of Western Pennsylvania, whose offices are right here in this this office many times. And Lord, we pray you'd bless them, bless their business. Thank you, Lord, that they're more than a business. They're a ministry, and they're touching people's lives. Father, we pray for the First Evangelical Lutheran Church Dr. Reverend Barry Fowler, Lord, your hand be upon him. Lord, touch him in Jesus' name. Minister to he and his family and his issues and his stuff. And, and Lord, help him as a leader. And, Lord, we're asking you to give them another 95 theses on the door, revival. Lord, not unlike you gave their, 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 their ancestor Luther himself. Father, we pray that in Jesus' name. Lord, we pray, Father, for the deputy clerk, Kimberly Camery. Lord, your hand be upon her. Touch her. Minister to her. Lord, I pray. and We bless her. We bless this city in Jesus' name. Lord, we thank you for these mothers, Janet and Sharon and Joanne. Lord, we speak your life and your prayer blessing into them today may they feel the affirmation of holy spirit may they feel the pneuma and the ruha of god the breath of god himself breathing into them encouragement in life and lord over this city we say god breathe over us move over us breath of God blow through this city we pray in the mighty name of Jesus blow into our factories blow into our commercial establishment blow into our schools send revival we pray in the mighty name of Jesus we cooperate with you in your agenda and we say God give this city a great sense of the divine a sense that God is here we thank you Lord for your eminence the eminent presence of the Lord, in that he's everywhere present, nowhere absent. But now, God, we pray for the manifest presence of God, where people won't just intellectually assume that it's there, but they will in their spirit know that the presence of God is in this city in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. We thank you for it, we believe you for it. We ask, Lord, you do for this city what only you can do. Do the supernatural thing where people will have to say, this has to be God. For only God could do this. Only God could heal that marriage. Only God could restore that drug addict. Only God could bring that kind of a revival. Only God could heal that body. Only God could resurrect that dead church. Only God could do that. May there be a sense that God has come and visited the city one more time come Holy Spirit of God visit us one more time Spirit of the living God descend upon us Spirit of the living God descend upon every church that's in this fraternity of cooperation and love and mutual respect pray in the name of Jesus. May there be this ubiquitous understanding that this is not a a natural organization. This is a living organism birthed in heaven. Mm. Mm. I just sense that we need to We need to apprehend this for a moment. Come on, lift up your voices and your hands and let there come a fervent cry of the church of Jesus Christ all over this place. Come on, all over this place. Rushing wind blow through the temple. Rushing wind blow through the city. Rushing wind blow through my workplace. Rushing wind blow through my schools. Rushing wind blow through my community, my neighborhood. Rushing wind, be the spirit of God over this city we pray. If you can pray in the Spirit, pray in the Spirit even now. Yes, Lord, over the city we pray. Over the city we pray. And now we make a final declaration we not only pray and ask for it, we believe it's coming. We believe it's coming. As the Habakkuk said, though it linger, wait for it, for shortly it will come. We say it's coming. Come on, we can see it coming. It's like the cloud. It's the size of a man's hand, but it's drifting our way, and it's enlarging before us, and finally there's a deluge about to break forth. There's the reign of God about to come. The Spirit of the living God is about to come one more time, and visit us with a wave that we've never experienced, maybe in generations, we say one more time, Spirit of God, we expect you to come. Our children and our children's children are going to be saved, and they're going to come to Jesus. Mighty deliverances, mighty outpourings of the Spirit of God. There's a sense, Lord, of anticipation. Come on, all over this place. Let's lift up holy hands. Wave them back and forth. You're coming, Lord. You're coming, Lord. Come on, put it in your mouth. You're coming, Lord. It's not, it's not just revival. The Lord himself is coming. Amen. Amen. All over this place. He's coming. He's coming. One more time. He's coming. Come, Lord Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus.